Hello and welcome to NFL Only Better. I'm joined once again by the Dream Team with John Bath and Mike Carlson. I tell you that the first thing that they want to ask, the first thing that everyone's been asking all week, the question everyone wants to know is how's Kieran's week off going? Well, it's going okay, guys. Thanks. <laughs> you having a good time, Kieran? Tell us what what have you gotten up to so far in your on your week off? Couple very, of very little. There was a, there was a storm. There was a storm. I wasn't allowed <laughs> to do stuff. So no, the question on everyone's lips before we even get to best bets before we look at any of the games is Baltimore Ravens end of the game. Mike Carlson, first off the bat, you know, Harbaugh's only right if it works. Is that the way you see it? <laughs> yeah, um, no, not at all. I think I think outcome bias is is one of the worst the worst things that the internet herd does. Um, always judging decisions by uh, the the way they turn out. I, I was completely with John Harbaugh in this, and and not even factoring in that you know Humphreys was out and. Um, his secondary was getting riddled. They they hadn't played well in the in the last part of the fourth quarter. They Pittsburgh had moved down the field yeah. on them. Their offense had, had seventeen had, points. The Steelers had got off them in the yeah. fourth quarter. They destroyed so, them. But but he but just on principle. And Ooh, I dislike. We don't hear that word in this show no, a lot. I dislike <laughs> the idea of overtime in regular season. Oh no, he's going to anyway, start this again because I feel it, like it's unnecessary, <laughs> and I'm not six years old and have to know who wins and and who doesn't. A, a, a draw <laughs> is a, is a is a reasonable result. But one of the good things about not having overtime is that it tells you which coaches play to win and which coaches play not to lose. You know, I would love the situation where you're down by one point, there's no overtime and you have to decide what you're going to do. And that's what that's what Harbaugh did. His team has one play to win the game. He doesn't have to go through a coin toss. He doesn't have to go through playing another series on defense against the Pittsburgh offense that was moving the ball on them. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about his offense misfiring and giving Pittsburgh a shot. He can win the game with one with one play. I have no problem at all with his deciding to do it. They called the right play. It just didn't work. Um, give TJ Watt a lot of credit. Give them a little bit for, of uh, Baltimore, a little bit for not having anybody there to block Watt. But that's the way the play is designed: is is for Andrews to get past him and then out into the flat. So, so that's the risk you take. But it it was there. Um, and oh yeah, it was there. I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Um, um, if you had backed the Ravens minus four and were hoping that the game would go to OT or been on the over, because that would have brought it to about 40 points. And I think the over was about 43. So you would have <laughs> both yes. of those things. I, I was I was about to say <laughs> in the context of gambling, <laughs> you go crazy <laughs> when he when he does that. And I think that's that's legitimate as well. But but I was talking from a football you know, a point, point of view, not not a betting point of view. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one, all right. It's a yeah. points to uh, go, John. Yeah, let's bring John in on this. What Mike said, and I, I, I do, I, I agree with Mike on this one. It's particularly from a football standpoint. It was much more entertaining. I respect the call. I respect the ambition and things like this. But you know, the the Ravens arguably have the best kicker in the NFL, if not a top three kicker in, in Justin Tucker. And this is kind of you know, you'd put him in an overtime situation like that, you'd kind of back yourself to, to get the win. But again, Kieran, you, you hit the, also hit the nail on the head with saying that the Pittsburgh had just kind of steamrolled them there for the last quarter. So perhaps that would have that would have gone on into overtime as well. So, I mean, it's it's not as simple a thing. And I, I'd want, obviously, talking about recency bias, presumably if they knew the outcome as it was going to be, they wouldn't have done it and they would have kind of banked on Tucker. But again, I respect the call. I respect the ambition. And uh, sometimes it's not going to come off every time as it didn't this time for them. Did you see Justin Tucker's onside kick? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, very cool. That, <laughs> that was brilliant. I could watch that over and over and over again. 
I think they were prepared for it, though. Pittsburgh was prepared for that uh, that kind of thing to happen. It was funny as well because Tony Romo sort of was speaking out loud saying, oh, I'd love it if they went for two as the cameras showed Harbo go saying two. And he's like, but they won't. You're like, no, yeah. Tony, they definitely are. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> yeah, no chance, he said. What did he think? What did he think? That Harbaugh was kind of like doing uh, up yours? <laughs> in fairness to Romo, because I have seen a little bit of how he does the broadcasting, he tends to not watch the monitors a lot of the time because where he is, he tends to watch the the game from above that's how he does all that stuff where he knows where they're going so he's not a monitor guy but it, it shows that he wasn't paying any attention to the monitors at that stage yeah. of the game but the play-by-play guy is supposed to watch the monitor because he's supposed to always be talking about what the audience might be seeing well i think people love romo so he's not gonna change now is he um <laughs> week 30 uh, sorry week 12 uh best bets was an an interesting as I mentioned i went for the baltimore ravens uh going f- up for i was going for six in a row i made too much of a big deal about it and <laughs> much like uh we've put a bit of a and i will talk about that in a few minutes about how we've managed to stop these streaks the minute we start talking about them i've done it to myself uh so that was a loser mike you went for the bengals i actually had the bengals <laughs> in my um in the early nipped, game, nip John to the post on that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. It, you seemed, like, yeah. it seemed like which I'm delighted about idea. now in hindsight. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and, and John I, I obviously mean, that was a crazy game. That that's I don't often say bad beat, but but that was like that game was on tilt. Um, and you know the Jamar Chase play where he's he's got a touchdown pass in his hands and for some reason he he it almost looked like he was lateraling it back to the defensive back you know went through <laughs> his hands and, and out the other side but they were down 24 nothing they came back to 24 22 and they went favorites during the game uh, yeah. as i said i had them in um, my early season aca thing early game sorry i think and uh obviously when you see someone down 24 nil you're like well gone but then that's the that's the beauty of the nfl it's the beauty of doing those kind of accumulators on teams that's not over till it's over usually but uh i think it was over when um who from mixon mixon's fumble mixon's fumble that was the play yeah. that was and, an you know if i'm cincinnati i kind of brush that one off you know and let's move move on to cincinnati you know <laughs> That works out well, yeah. And uh, of course, John Weatherman Bath, quite famous on the pod for uh, discussing weather. Um, well, that's a very a, important factor here. Well, it was as for you saw, this week. As, as we saw. So John went for unders in the Patriots Bills games before uh, he realized there was a storm. Or maybe you know there's a storm. I don't know. You're a bit of a weirdo. I have this sort of sixth sense. I'm very in tune with Mother Nature, Kieran. Um, yeah, was your knee rattling or something? So you knew there'd be a storm coming. But yeah, obviously, I would know. Yeah, to be fair, I was, I was look, confident. I made, to, sorry, sorry, go on, Mike. I made the mistake of looking at Sunday's forecast, which was really nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, in that game, I was actually confident enough of the under anyway, just given uh, how how I think those teams were going. But what a game that turned out to be! Three pass pats. That was uh, that was something to behold, wasn't it? Mac Jones, two of three. Was it the first? It's the third time I think in the history of the NFL that there's been so few uh, passes for a winning team. It was team. like nineteen. It was like nineteen twenties. I was going to say, yeah, back to the olden days. Say you had erect nipples the whole way through with my cards, and you were loving it so much. <laughs> I did. But you know, this is not the first time this has happened. Um, uh, uh, <clears throat> Belichick actually said it in the post game press conference. He said it was windier in two thousand eight. Uh, That's we, right. We yeah, we discussed that on Twitter. That, in that game, they only passed eight times, and that was with Tom Brady at quarterback. Um, so, you know, they, they also had a game, I was trying to find it and I couldn't, I couldn't find it, um, quickly, but they had a game in Minnesota 
in that era, somewhere around, I think, 2010 um, um, or so, when they went to Minnesota and passed on every play. You know, Belichick, when he decides on a game plan, is not afraid <laughs> to just keep doing it until it doesn't work. And, and in this case, I think the, 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 the thing that told you about what was hap- going to happen was when they didn't go for the extra point when they scored the touchdown. And literally their offense generated, you know, one play for a touchdown. It was Damian Harris's big run. They went for mm-hmm. two. And I think that was deliberate because they wanted to establish with field goals, they, a touchdown position. In other words, he knew he was going to take field goals. He wasn't going to be going for it, you know, in fourth down situations. So the result was two field goals by Nick Folk and they had a two touchdown lead, um, which, which worked because, even if Baltimore had made that uh, Nick, the, the, the bass field goal um, from 35 or whatever it was, they still would have been behind 14, 13. And until, until the game changed its tone, he wasn't going to change his, his um, game plan. And it wasn't an offensive game plan it was a defensive game plan. It was daring them to score basically. And if, and if Nikhil Harry had doesn't fumble that punt, Baltimore never gets a touchdown. I'm sorry. B- uh, Buffalo never gets a touchdown. So, you know, mm-hmm. he was content to have one big run. Then on the rest of the series, they would get a couple of first downs with 10-yard, 12-yard runs, and then they'd get stuffed, and they'd punt the ball away for field position and be happy with it. It really was old-school football, field position, mm-hmm. wind, ball control. Absolutely, and uh, it, it has meant a couple of updates for you guys, um, just to, to let you know, right? So, Super Bowl winner, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 5-1, to one. New England Patriots, 13-2, Kansas City Chiefs, 32. That's right, the Patriots are now second favourites, along with KC, for the Super Bowl. The Cardinals, 7-1, to one. Green Bay Packers, 15-2. The Bills, who are favourites for the Super Bowl last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they're now 10-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. The Rams are 10-1, to one, and it is 12 power. Even more interesting, the AFC Conference winner, KC. AC 11 to 4. The Patriots are now 10 to 3, having been double figure prices a few weeks ago. The Bills are now third favorites for the AFC at 9 to 2, 7 to 1 about the Baltimore Ravens and its bigger prices. The rest, a couple of other ones that I really just wanted to touch on. AFC North, Ravens now 8 to 13. The Bengals are 11 to 4 after that, and even bigger, even bigger than that. The AFC East, it was the Bills to lose. And now we think they will because the New England Patriots are two to five to win the AFC East. The Bills are 13 to eight. And the Miami Dolphins, we're going to talk about very quickly uh, in about ooh, 15 seconds, are 150 <laughs> to one uh, to win that. And that is where we wanted to just very quickly before we move on to the live games. Um, we, we've had a little thing where we've kind of killed streaks. We killed the Titans off a couple of weeks ago when we mentioned that they were going well. Uh, we've managed to kill Kieran's uh, streak as well. Um, but a team on a streak is the Miami Dolphins, and the other one on a streak is Washington football team, gentlemen. Mike, which one's been more? Uh, no, John, I'll go to you first. Which one's been more impressive of, of the streak? Those two, uh, yeah. I'd, for me, I'd say just as, as the way they're playing, I think Miami have looked great lately. Um, agree, agree. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, what are they now? Five wins in a row, and that's they're coming. That's remember, that's five wins in a row, and they're coming off a seven game losing streak before that. Which, if I check my notes here, the little bit of research I did last night, I think they're the only the second history of NFL to actually pull it up, get five wins on the on the bounce after losing seven before it. And uh, I think the signs are there that they can keep it going as well. It seems yeah. that uh, if you just if you just look towards some of the uh, 
the the rookie class is playing pretty well. Jalen Waddle is up there. He's, he's I think he just broke uh, Odell Beckham's record for the most receptions for a rookie, uh, but that's eighty five, and there's still what five games to go in the season. Jalen Phillips, the other the rookie uh, defensive end, eight and a half sacks. That's that's a record as well, I think. So they're you know, it, and it, it doesn't seem that like I was gonna, those those records seem like they might be set to inflate with so many games left coming on the campaign, and uh, you know, this is a in this in this sport much like many others, but you have to time when you kind of hit your momentum when you hit full speed when you get into fifth gear and uh i'd be very happy if i was a miami dolphin right now everything seems to be falling falling right into place and uh you know they're kind of just in terms of getting into getting a wildcard spot or getting into the playoffs it seems like they're kind of head to head at the moment with the 49ers and uh i i I fancy miami in that at the moment that's who we destroyed last week actually as well we mentioned the 49ers have been playing well and we got them beat by the seahawks of all people the seahawks who basically (laughs) only beat the 49ers this year that's that's it like i think jacksonville are the team that they've they've, they've won three games i think the seahawks like so we've managed to destroy that so let's but mike yeah really impressed with miami and especially with tua who took his time but it's starting to look like a really good qb uh yeah and they've they've kept it simple for him and uh, partly, I suppose, because Will Fuller V is out, um, so they, as you would expect, because he's always out, um, so they don't have a, a natural deep threat to you know, which is what everybody thought Tua would do. But they, he's got the offense now, and they've they've been patient. They've been patient, as John said, with the defense, uh, breaking in new players. You know, they let a couple of guys, Kyle Van Noy, the most important i think go thinking they had replacements for them it didn't quite work out but they've had to adjust and i've been very impressed with the way flores has adjusted it's you know people write off all the belichick assistant coaches who become head coaches but i've said right from the start that flores i think you know could be a really good one he had that great year um in buffalo in miami last year um and I, I would not be surprised to see that last game of the season with against New England be for a playoff spot for them. But I've done, you know, some quick calculation. And I I think that the wild card teams could have 11 wins and Indy might be at 10. So they need to win four more, um, you know, to, to be in that wild card hunt. And it, but if they win three and then they've got New England the last week, New England by that point will either probably be set in a wild card or not. I've got Kansas City at 12 and five winning the AFC, New England and Buffalo both 11 and six, Tennessee either 11 or 10, the Chargers 11, Baltimore 10 and seven winning their division, and and India 10 and seven. So you've got the Bills at 11. Yeah. Does that mean they win out from here? No, um, they're they're seven and five. Yeah. They've got five games left. All right, um, five. They've got Apologies, Tampa Mike. and New England, um, and I'm, I'm I've decided they're going to win one of those games. <laughs> you're not going to tell us which one? Yes. No, I mean I don't have to. That's the way, <laughs> that's... I, that's the way I kind of do the, do those things at this point. But I would say the New England one's more likely, um, and, and not that likely. You know, so if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong and the Bills are 10 and six, then that makes Miami's chances even better. Uh, but unfortunately, Miami is already done with Buffalo. The Bills end with the Jets in the last week of the season. So there could be, game, as, yeah. we'll give them as that we one. say in Britain, everything to play for. Um, <laughs> and um, just a plug, oh, as no. we're sitting here, for Friday's Betfair NFL column, Last I, I do three big picks each week. Uh, and last week we were three for three. Um, since we didn't go with Cincinnati, we left that for the pod. Um, but you thank know, you. We, 
we had Miami. Uh, we had uh, the Rams giving 13 points. We had the Rams uh, giving seven at halftime as a bonus. And um, the Patriots outright to win at 23 to 20. So, so I think that was a, a decent week for me for a change. Yeah, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Um, we're going to switch gear now. Um, a reminder, bet £20 worth of multiples or bet builders on the NFL and get a £5 free bet. I do have a look at that on the Betfair Sportsbook for all the T's and C's, but it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. It's exactly what I just read there. Bet £20 worth of multiples or bet builders on the NFL. Get a £5 free bet. Did it myself on Sunday. Lost the £5 free bet. <laughs> Happy days. Anyway, uh, Thursday night's football. Oh, I do want to remind people as well, actually, we're recording right now. It's Wednesday. It's 10.21 in the morning. Uh, all three of this look amazing for early morning um and as of right now sky have not released the 6 and 9 25 game so we're going to play guess the guess the game uh kind of thing but we're going to start with one we guess do know the that they're guess the sky game fun for all the family please get responsibly <laughs> pittsburgh steelers and my minnesota vikings is uh the thursday night game it is 29 to 20 about the pittsburgh steelers 8 to 13 the minnesota vikings uh plus three um at the moment it's steelers and 43.5 is the over under we've mentioned john baff a couple of times how much the minnesota vikings are a bit of a jekyll and hyde team and I suppose we've made a bit of fun of, of Big Ben over the last uh, three seasons. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he went to the big dance and he brought the girl home, uh, which is more than a lot of people do in their career. So he is he is he's he he's Super Bowl winner. So, um, look, a performance like we saw on Sunday will probably be good enough to win in Minnesota, would it not? Yeah, I think you, you kind of touched on it at the top there, here, And I think Minnesota have really been one of those teams that have been so difficult to figure out this season because they're to me at least anyway from my perspective they're they're a better team than their record suggests and I think we've talked about this a couple of times so far this season like you know it's you, you, you never want to be the first team to you know to hand a winless team their first victory of the season as they did to Detroit but you know that came at the same in the same game where they they still got 426 offensive yards and Kirk Cousins played pretty well. I think he was 30 for 40. He got over 300 yards. Then he got 340 yards in the air. So, you know, this, but at the same time, just to just touch on the Lions briefly, I know we're not talking about them. They had had several games throughout the course of this campaign where they've lost by a score or they've lost late or they've lost to a last minute kick or something along those lines. So luck was going to turn for them eventually. And it's, it seems to be, part of part for the course for the Vikings so far this year that they were the team that kind of you know where the the luck run out where they actually did you know did lose to to the Lions and what a what a what a finish that was as well when that happened but you know I think the uh with the with the Steelers it's Big Ben yeah like you say Kieran he is a Super Bowl winner he's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the league and he's capable of you know, he's still very capable of leading a, you know, game-winning drive or, or, you know, just dragging that team by the scruff of the neck towards a win. But it just seems like it's the law of diminishing returns with him slightly because, again, we we're kind of talking recency bias. He had a great second half last week. He did a great quarter last week. But, you know, at the same time, his limitations are still there, quite obvious. Now, he's, he does have some great weapons on his team, like Najee Harris is, is playing very, very well. And I don't know if... Um, this is Big Ben just, you know, bigging him up or something like that. But I, I heard that he said that he's more impressed with Harris than he was by Le'Veon Bell when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime. Now that's maybe take that one with a little bit of a pinch of salt. Other side of the ball as well, TJ Watt is up there with, the, you know, the best defenders in the league this this season. He's a strong candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so they have, they have the ability to shut down Minnesota and they also have the ability to put points on the board if Big Ben as well. But at the same time, this Vikings team, I just, I can't write them off either like very well he looks like one of the best receivers in 
in the league that they're a better team than their five and record, uh, five and So just in terms of this one, what do you guys? I think this is a candidate for the over, which is four a, a good few points on the board. What do you guys think? If I'm if I'm setting the lines in Minnesota, I just say three every week because <laughs> yeah, their exactly. game seems to be within three. I mean, it's only a couple of weeks ago they beat Green Bay at home um, by three, <laughs> and uh, but I don't think Adam Thielen will play. That that's an, it's going to be an interesting choice. He has a high ankle sprain. Um, he would probably be ready for Sunday, but if you're the Vikings now, you've got the choice between you really need this win to just stay in contention, but Thielen's not going to be a hundred percent. And if you give him the 10 days off, he will be a hundred percent in the next game. So uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, if Thielen's not there, I, I downgrade Minnesota's choices somewhat because cook is probably out as well. Um, as you saw, Jefferson played a great game, but but they're very easily predictable. And Mike Zimmer threw that one away, I thought, by, you know, three stupid two-point conversion calls. I mean, you know, it, it, I don't I don't mind him going for the two, the two, and then he had to on the third one. But but you know, come up with something a little more creative. And then on the last play of the game, um rushing three against Jared Goff. I mean, you know. Everybody in that stadium knows what Jared Goff's weakness is. It, it's if you ru- if you rush him, if you hurry him, if you get in his face and make him decide quickly. So why would you lay back? You know, and he found a receiver and, and threw it and threw it in because what's his strength? His strength is he's got a great arm. Um, when he see when he sees it, he can put the ball there. So that to me was very strange. So I, I kind of Pittsburgh getting the points. I kind of like. Um, in this one, you know, venturing over to 2920 makes it very tempting to just take them. Uh, but, but you just can't write, you can't write off Minnesota at home. You know, it's such a good situation for them and, and their backs are to the wall more than Pittsburgh's are, I think at this point. Okay. The uh, six o'clock games, as we mentioned, Sky have not um, announced the uh, live one. Uh, so, uh, guys, Raiders at Chiefs, Saints at Jets, Jags at Titans, Ravens at Browns, Falcons at Panthers, Cowboys at Washington football team, Seahawks at Houston um, are the six o'clock games. Now, by process of eliminate. Oh, Mike, yeah, yeah. yeah you got I was going to do the Sky promo. Um, uh, well, you know, I'm Las Vegas Raiders need to win this game to stay in contention. The Chiefs would quite like to win it too. Live <laughs> on Sky. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. Saints at Jets, I'm ruling out. Jags at Titans, I'm ruling out. Falcons at Panthers, I'm ruling out. Seahawks at Texans, I'm ruling out. That leaves Cowboys at Washington, Ravens at Browns, and Raiders at Chiefs. Does anyone disagree with those? Are probably the three that they oh, would at least the put slate. Yeah. Sky will either go for Patrick Mahomes or da- or Dak Prescott. You know, um, they like they like the glitz. They're, they're the shiny Harlem Lamar. They're the shiny hood ornament guys um, when it comes to choosing games. Right. Well, um, John, so you the, take we you want take Ravens junkers. Browns. Right. Yeah, we want the Junkers. We want the John, Ravens Browns. John, you take Ravens Browns. Mike, <laughs> yeah. you can pick which one you want of Raiders Chiefs at Cowboys of Washington football team. I'll let you think about that. Well, John, you give us uh, Raiders at Kansas. Oh, sorry. Ravens at Browns. Six to five to Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland Browns are four to six. 2.5 is the current spread. 41.5 is the over under in this one. Take it away, John. 
It's a big game. It's a big game for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it's a big game for both teams, really. This, it's the AFC North is still completely up for grabs. Um, I think you could realistically uh, discount. You can count Cleveland out if they don't get a win in this game. Uh, I think the chances of it, of them winning the game are actually slightly improved. They're coming off a bye week. They've had some time to to recover and recuperate from what is a really really kind of banged up roster at the minute. No one less so than the quarterback Baker Mayfield, who has been. That's less than impressive lately, shall we say? He's been less than impressive, but that's been, you know, you can you can talk injury, you can talk all sorts of things there. Now, I also think in this game, there's a lot of pressure on the reigning NFL coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski, who's, you know, I watch like a bunch of the press conferences after games with them and stuff like this, and he's he's coming. Out, he's very open. He's very honest. As a, I suppose you kind of have to be in these types of situations, but he's coming out there saying certain things, like he's criticizing his own play calling in certain instances. He's saying that he needs to be better. Some of that obviously is taking the pressure off the team, the pressure off the players and kind of placing it on himself and accepting responsibility and accountability. But there is a grain of truth to it that some of the play calling has been quite bizarre and just hasn't worked. And as well as that, you, you have to keep continuing to ask the question of whether or not this version we get of Baker Mayfield is better than uh, the backup Case Keenum because so far, we I think we've talked about this for a few weeks in a row now, or at least every time we're kind of talking about a Browns game, Mayfield is so banged up at the minute that I, I, it's hard to consider that Keenum isn't a better option at the moment. He's a guy, you remember, who went to the playoffs with the Vikings. He's got his own history in this, you know, and he's the, he's the best paid backup in the league as well. So you have to sort of bank on that every every once in a while. From Baltimore's perspective, they'll be—I think they're quite—they'll dis- be quite disappointed how their season has gone so far. Jackson is still a threat, but it seems like, you know, everybody knows if you—if you've got a fast linebacker, you can get a—you can get a safety up in the box there. You can really kind of contain him pretty well. And uh, like you said, we've all—we've known for a couple of seasons now. If you want to—if uh, you want to neuter or if you want to eliminate Jackson as a threat, it's kind of try and make him pass as much as possible and eliminate those little rushes that he does, which can be so effective. Um, it coming down to how this game will go i'm a big proponent of believing in the the, the power of a bye week <laughs> yeah they they're they're, get, they're getting a couple of pieces back although i did see yesterday there's been a small outbreak within the squad and they're kind of they're down a couple of tight ends which isn't you know ideal for a team outside zone and uh, like they do so i think um teams have been both quite low scoring lately i can get a win at home but i think the uh, the best way to look at this again is i'm, I'm going to borrow mike's moniker of the undertaker i'm going to take the under one and a half which is quote brands i think the last five weeks five or six weeks they've only scored more than 17 points once and the ravens haven't exactly been lighting up the scoreboard a whole bunch either so i think the under in this one but if i was going money line i'd go brands win Browns win and under in that one. Mike, which game have you gone for in the end? There's been a lot of lot of clicking and looking at your notes. I'm, I'm interested to see who you gone for. Yeah, I was looking at my notes just because just nine games this week are under, the line is under 44, uh, which I think at the beginning of the season <laughs> would have seemed, would have yeah. seemed incredible here. I, no, I was going to go with, with Las Vegas at Kansas City because Do it. I, I think – the, the the only thing that puts me off here is is the eight and a half uh, to Vegas, but I actually think Kansas City's probably in a position to co- even cover that. Um, I the problem I what where I hang out is that I like the under on this game probably at forty seven and a half, um, but not that much. So if you want if you want if you think Vegas can cover, you've got to kind of you've almost got to go under. Uh, in this game, because if it gets into a sh- into a shootout, they're going to lose. But the Chiefs, remarkably enough, 
are winning, not are not being very effective offensively. Uh, in in the game, in the game uh, Sunday, they the combined they threw thirteen times to Kelsey and Hill, completed five for forty nine. Uh, teams understand that the way to stop them is the Chiefs is is to keep Kelsey and Hill under control. Easier said than done, but you'll find most of them playing two deep zones and, you know, having a robber in the middle to just kind of help Kelsey and Hill had a couple of drops. So I I think Kansas city can cover this game. If they do, I'm still not convinced it goes over 47. Uh, The Raiders are are hopeless. Uh, (laughs) You know, there there doesn't seem to be any continuity there, which you might expect from a team that fired their head coach. Um, but you know, it, it almost looks like they're working against themselves sometimes. Uh, you know, it's like set Derek Carr free would be my, my motto on this one. I suspect they probably will at the end of the season, but that's another discussion because there's a couple, more, a couple of teams that are going to need veteran quarterbacks next season. Pittsburgh being the most obvious example if Ben really is retiring. Um, okay. Well, look, the, uh, the 905 and 925 games, it's a little bit easier this one. Cause I think in general, Sky, you can oh, take you the 925 Dallas for us. Well, well I'm, 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 I'm not the, I'm, I'm merely the host. Well, the Dallas Cowboys Washington football team could be one of the six o'clock games. It's one to two, the Dallas Cowboys, eight to five, Washington football team, nine to 10, um, uh, plus four at the moment. The spread 47.5 is the over under a reminder. Washington are on a winning streak of four games, I believe, but they are five and seven in terms of against the spread. Whereas Dallas, as we mentioned, um, a number of times throughout the season are nine and three um, in second position in the trends table for against spreads. So they would be probably the likely pick if they were to be on the television, but we do not know. Um, so that leaves us with Lions, Broncos, Giants and Chargers, which are both 905 games, which is rare for Sky. You can only remember them taking the 905 game once. Uh, which leaves us with two 925 games, which is 49ers at Bengals and Bills at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you got to think they're going to show the Bills at Tampa, don't you? Tom Brady, the Bills coming off a loss. Seven to five, the Buffalo Bills. Four to seven about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, three points is the spread. 52.5 is the over under. Uh, John, let's come to you first on this one. Uh, Bills at Bucks is would be many people's Super Bowl, would it not? It could be, and it's yeah, it's a it would be you know I'm sure a bit of money has gone down on that throughout the course of the season. I wonder if uh, the recent Bills performances though are making people question their <laughs> that that statement. But if there's any team that's looking forward for looking to a, a, a trip to Florida, it'll be Buffalo after the game they played in the hellacious storm <laughs> last weekend. So that little bit of Florida sunshine might go a long way for them as well. Um, this looks like you know. This game is teed up to be probably on paper at least the highest scoring game of the schedule this weekend, and that's reflected in the 52 and a half over under. I wonder, you know, are the Bills starting? They're, they're creaking, let's be honest. Like Buffalo Bills are creaking. Josh Allen hasn't been, you know, there was first few weeks of the season we were talking Josh Allen, strong contender for MVP, and he probably still is. I still don't think there's any. And in terms of just the MVP stakes, I don't think there's any one, you know, standout candidate. So I think that'll still be determined throughout the course of the rest of the season. They can go to a few different players if we're being completely honest. Uh, but, you know, I think 
a trip to um, to Tampa Bay is going to be tricky for them. The Bucks have been excellent at home. They're undefeated in their home stadium. The Bills have been good on the road too. I think they're four and two on the road, but those losses have come to like one of them was to Jacksonville, which is their you know, trip to Florida. It doesn't really particularly bode well for, for going down there again. So I think the, um, I, I mean, I wonder, I think this could be a big points one, even, even despite the 52 and a half. So the over under in this one, tempting to me. But at the same time, I might just take Tampa given three in this one. I think that's probably the best way to go. Tampa taking three. You know what might just um one of the things that might be affecting the Bills a little bit is they seem to have an interesting uh problem at the moment at running back in that they don't seem to have first choice. And and Zach Moss, who was doing it for a while, was a healthy scratch. They've had others come in and not really do it. Their, their running game, which they rely on, is falling apart. Yeah, um, single Singletary should be the guy right now who's who's carrying the team, but but he's not. Um, I think I think they've um, they've had problems with fumbles um, from Zach Moss is is maybe what what they're doing, but I think it's part of a wider a wider problem in that the the running game itself depended a lot on uh, Josh Allen getting outside the pocket opening up defenses and defenses have been very good uh, in the past month or so of realizing that there are ways to keep him in the pocket. And they've also been very good at realizing that Buffalo's tackles are in particular are not that good. The offensive line is, is, is one of those that's, that's got, that's got a few weak points. So, you know, I, I think that's a combination of ingredients for them. Uh, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how many other, other, um, other teams realize that you know up front you can you can probably dominate their line because they are sort of wed to a um, a nickel alignment four two four two five basically with two linebackers one of whom's Matt Milano who's a great player but he's he's light um, so that if you run power at them it, it has a good good chance of working um, not many teams would stick to it like New England did. Uh, and as we know from like the Tennessee Titans, if you're going to power run all the time, you, you need to have a few chunk plays from your running back to, to make that, you know, to make it an effective offensive strategy or, or a good play action passing game or both. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's down to O-line more than anything else with Buffalo. Singletary was supposed to be the starter at the beginning of the year. Um, he just hasn't been as good as they thought he would be. And what about in this one then? Uh, Bills seven to five, four to seven. Tampa three point spread, fifty two point five. John says he likes the over in this. Um, is the safest bet possibly Tampa minus three? Probably, possibly. Yeah, I, I'd, I might even go under in this one too. Ooh, battle. Um, it'd be. I, I think the Bills defense can do a decent job against against Brady and his receivers. Um, although God, Godwin certainly looked really good. <laughs> Um, you know, Gronk's become like a second choice, uh, you know, or, or uh, when you really need it choice uh, with Tampa and they're, they're coming, they're coming into good form. It, it, it's really, this game is really not completely crucial for the bills because if they can beat new England in two weeks, in two weeks later, then they, they can keep that their playoff push alive, but it doesn't, if they lose this one, it doesn't give them many options. 
Okay, let's head on to the big finish, guys. Two games to cover really quickly. Uh, we'll start with Sunday night football. If you're staying up late, it's Bears at Packers 9 to 2 about the Bears. Green but Packers 2 to 13. 12 and a half points is the spread. And uh, it's um, 44 points is the over under. I guess, Mike, we'll start with you on this one. The real disappointing thing is this is such a big game to see uh, 12 and a half points in a Bears Packers game. It shows you all you need to know about where the Bears are. Yeah. I'm- <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. I mean, Andy Dalton got hurt last, last week. Um, they're probably a bit in with a better shot with him playing quarterback than Justin Fields, um, but not not that much better. David Montgomery uh, is really good, uh, and and they're asking him to do an awful lot, uh, and he and he's doing it. So, but twelve and a half's a lot. Uh, I I would check the weather report. What's the weather report, John? Oh, John, John, can you, John, have you got the weather report to hand? You know, because it could be one of those games that that restrains points. I I looked at it and thought I'd go over 44 in this one uh, because the Bears defense is not, it's running on fumes, basically. Everybody says, oh, it's really good Bears defense and stuff, but they're not that good. Um, They've got some really good players there, but they're put in a lot of bad positions and uh, they haven't been that effective. So I I think of of the bets there, the 12 and a half bothers me. I I don't, it's not, this isn't the Rams. You know, I, I, I normally do tend to avoid big favorites with giving lots of points, but I, last week I took the Rams, that's LA. They're, they're at home. They're playing Jacksonville, who are really bad. Um, so I, I, I went with that. But I, I, the Bears, 12 and a half. I, I, you know, I had actually leaned more toward the Bears covering 12 and a half than anything else. But I like over 44 in this. Over 44, but the Bears should cover. John, let's go to you on this one. Yeah, the same thing. I, I, was, I haven't written down here. I was going to, I think the, uh, this is one of those games to really, and I'm not even really joking here about this one. This is really one of those games to check the weather report, as Mike said beforehand, because it is, you know, a game in Green Bay coming up to this time of the year. You can, it's a, it's a coin flip to see what it's going to be like there. Uh, in terms of just the game itself, I don't see any scenario barring a hurricane that's going to stop um, Green Bay from winning this game. Uh, and even in a hurricane, they'd probably win too. Like Rogers, just looking at my notes here, Rogers' 26 losses against the spread from playing against the Bears, and it's 22 wins against just four losses against them, uh, which is big for rivalry games like this. So earlier on, the first time, it was 24-14 to Green Bay, which was about 38 points. So I'm actually looking at the 25 win spread in this one. I think Chicago just... You know, under the, the miraculous and is it's there's a bit of wind out there i think chicago might be able to get closer and i think they can finish within in this one you know under the right circumstances but this is uh again one of my kind of red flag games for the week this is kind of don't make a call on this until kind of sunday afternoon to you know a little bit better but assuming the factors are right i think chicago can stay within 12 and a half in this one but again i kind of I do echo what Mike says. 12 and a half is a difficult, difficult spread. Well, Green Bay for Sunday, the weather report says 37 degrees Fahrenheit, um, Mm -hmm. which is about four degrees Celsius, I think. um, And sunny with a moderate breeze. And I'm just kind of scrolling through because being the NFL, this is a night game. It doesn't start till almost nine. So not much precipitation, 12 mile an hour winds. Uh, 34 degrees just above freezing so that's right. not that's not going to you know if that holds up 
that wouldn't that wouldn't have a huge effect on the game. It's just another cold weather game, and that yeah. that doesn't bother Aaron Rodgers. So I, I like the over. Um, last game that we're going to concentrate on is Monday Night Football, which is the LA Rams taking on uh, the Arizona Cardinals, eleven to ten at Arizona as well. I should mention eleven to ten about the LA Rams. The Cardinals are three to four. Two point five is the current spread. Fifty one point five is the over under. It's a big one, guys. Uh, John, we'll come to you first on this one. Um, Rams need to go down there and win if they want to get ahead of the Cardinals. That's correct, Kieran. They do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because of the race. They also need to get ahead of the Cardinals if they want to win. But <laughs> yeah, I understand how sport works. <laughs> We're thinking, you know, it's kind of slowly but surely. And this is kind of one of those things. I admitted, like, what is it, a week or two ago, that kind of Seattle had kind of snuck up on me in terms of how poor they've been. And I kind of, I just kind of dismissed them. I just hadn't paid a bunch of attention to them this over this year. And then all of a sudden I saw that they were three and eight before last weekend. And that kind of took me by surprise. And also on the other side of that coin, I think you can kind of say, or at least I can from my perspective, I wasn't paying a great deal of attention to Arizona for a bunch of the season. And now here they are with, you know, one of the best records, if not the best record in the NFL, they're playing really good football Kyler Murray who just he obviously missed a game or two but he's back he still looks he's I think he's still questionable he's still not fully fit but he came back and played well last weekend so this is the probably the biggest game on the schedule at least by my eyes uh or one of them at least that's you know it's one of the top three games anyway just in terms of two powerful teams you got the an Arizona side who look great and you've got this sort of like super Rams team that Sean McVay is trying to build as it's kind of his MO out there in, in Los Angeles um I mean, it's 51 and a half. Again, it's, it's kind of like the, the Bucks-Bills game. They're expecting a, a lot of, the odds makers are expecting a bunch of points in this in a pretty open game. I think an open game favors Arizona more than it favors Los Angeles in terms of, you know, I think Kyler Murray's playing better certainly than, than Stafford at the moment. But again, there's injury questions about how Matthew Stafford is playing in this one. Um, I think there's some value in the Rams being underdogs here, though, at the same time. Both teams have, uh, both teams got 400 yards of offense in the last game. And I think Los Angeles could potentially capitalize uh, on some potential, maybe if, if Arizona don't show up and if they're a little bit overconfident. So my initial thought on this, and I, I might change it depending on what you guys think, but uh, my initial thought on this is I'd take Rams with the points. That's where I'm, that's where, that's where my instinct is, unless, unless Mike has a compelling argument to the contrary. Well, I do, because I think Arizona's a really good defensive team. And I think right now the Rams don't have enough weapons to, to ruin that defense. Um, they, it, it's funny because the Rams have Aaron Donald, obviously, uh, and Jalen Ramsey. So they've got two blue chippers. Um, and know, Von, Von Miller, at least. Von, Miller, Von Miller's you know. not a blue chipper anymore. I think we've, we've sort of seen that. Um, but, but Arizona have Chandler Jones um, and they've got Isaiah Simmons and they've got Buda Baker, which is three blue chippers in, in their defense. And like I said, um, you can't keep going to Cooper Cup all the time. The, eventually, that's, they're going to catch up to you. Um, I like Arizona to be able to, to cover in this one. Um, and uh, I, I find the over-under in this one a little more tempting to go over than in the, the Bills-Tampa game. Uh, you know, I think you've got better conditions for offense. You've got two pretty explosive offensive teams. Um, although I, what I did say again about Arizona's defense, that's how they're winning games um, does hold up. But if, if either of those two games were to go over, this would be the one, but I like, I like Arizona to, to win giving two and a half. 
Okay, that is uh, the live games that are on the box. I'll give you two gentlemen just a couple of minutes uh, to think about what your best bets of the week will be. I'm just fixing something here in our notes that I accidentally marked Mike as a winner this week in best bets, which would <laughs> skew everything. Don't, Don't do, do that. that. Absolutely There's only not. one winner here, ladies and gentlemen. Only one winner here. Um, a reminder, bet £20 worth of multiples on bet, or bet builders, excuse me, bet £20 worth of multiples or bet builders on the NFL and get a £5 free bet. And of course, it runs all across the weekend with matches taking place on Thursday, on Sunday, um, Monday, etc. So best bets of the weekend. It's rare that John goes first. <laughs> Crazy time we live in. <laughs> Too to be here. <laughs> uh, my best bet this weekend, I, I kind of just discussed with it, so I won't labor the point too much. Again, I'm looking at the at Baltimore Ravens going to Cleveland Browns this weekend. Two offenses, particularly the Cleveland offense, like I said, haven't been haven't been lighting up the scoreboard to a great degree, and I think the. At the same time, the Browns' defense has actually been playing. It's it's you know it's very strange. The last two seasons, it was the defense that let them down, and the offense was good. It seems to have completely flipped around this this year. So I think the Browns might keep a low score themselves, but I think they can keep Baltimore down as well. So it was my recommended recommended bet earlier, but it's now my best bet is the uh, Ravens Browns under forty one and a half. Mike, do you? I'm going to stick with the Green Bay over, um, which is so out of character. I want to shoot myself. Um, but 44 Packers and Bears. It's going to be Andy Dalton and Justin Fields tearing up the turf for 17, and the Packers can get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Dallas. Uh, of course you are. <laughs> They, they statistically they're the second best team the only other team that you can go for is green bay so it's either green bay or it's dallas this weekend uh, for me so it's dallas uh, minus four at washington football team um who i think we're a little bit lucky at, at the weekend Ted and the boys against um the uh, luckless and rather rudderless uh, las vegas raiders so i'm gonna go with the cowboys i think it's a big game uh, for them they, they need to stop sleepwalking their way through the season in that division much like Jerry Jones, Sky, like the shiny hood ornaments. Yeah, Dallas, yeah. Dallas will be their game. I, I, I well, we'll soon find out. I, I, I'll just double check before did, we Did you see Jerry goodbye? Jones said, said something about wanting to run the ball all the time now, having watched the Patriots game? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no, no sign of an answer. Hopefully, we've 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 covered most of them anyway. There, so hopefully, um, we will turn out to be right. We usually do. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That is it from myself, from John Bath, from Mike Carson. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Bye, gentlemen, and don't forget Minshew Madness. Oh, we did have that down. We ran out of time. We'll talk about Minshew again, Mike's favorite man. Uh, thank you so much for listening. A reminder, please do gamble responsibly this weekend. We'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of NFL Only Better. Enjoy the weekend. We'll speak to you then. Bye for now.